I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Like porn. Yes, that is a thing. It's supposedly what the internet is for. Yes. And some years back, I want to say during the height of the pandemic, a friend of mine Mm -hmm. had gotten a VR headset. Mm-hmm. And we also have one. Yes, we do. And this friend, they were saying that like they had gotten into some of the VR porn and were having some gender feels. This is a trans feminine non-binary person. Mm-hmm. And they had said that like, because most porn is made for the male gaze, mm-hmm. which is why you and I don't get into most porn, like don't typically enjoy, I should say, most porn mm-hmm. because we do not have the male gaze. No. <clears throat> you have a male. You are a male. You you do not have a gay or a gaze. I'm, I, I can shrug my shoulders to that. <laughs> and she, they, my friend was saying that because they had had lower surgery, mm-hmm. trans feminine lower surgery, mm-hmm. that having some of these experiences in VR where it looked like she had the equipment that she had no, no longer wanted that she had had removed. Mm-hmm. was giving her like gender feels in a euphoric sense. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Right. So then you went and checked it out. You went and checked out some some of the VR porn. I did. And I found most of it mm, about as enjoyable as most porn, which is to say not bad, but also not worth all the effort to go through to get to it in the VR environment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I recall you telling me about that. And I was also very curious about someone like having those gender feels about, you know, post-surgery results versus previous anatomy. And, but I never, just never got around to, you know, you described it, it didn't seem very interesting to you and I wasn't driven to, to bother trying it. Right. But I had thought about that off and on. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe I should just check it out myself sometime. Right. Yeah. Right. And in the intervening years, there has been more content generated mm-hmm. and more of it with female and trans POV. Mm-hmm. And so the other day, you brought it back up to me. And Wait, and you're going to be gone for almost a couple of weeks because, mm-hmm. you know, you've got work and you've got your visit to my metamor and so forth. So yep. you'll be gone. And I thought, well, show me where or how to find this because I am not, uh, I'm not as good with tech stuff, but I also haven't used the VR in a while. Mm-hmm. I did use it at first, surprising to all of us. I did use it at first to uh, play a Doctor Who game. You did? Which is probably the first video game I've ever actually played. That wasn't just some little tappy swipey phone type game. That I immediately got over and didn't play again. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, we did use a VR quite a bit when we were all cooped up in the house. Yes, when the gym was not an option, being able to play Beat Saber or Ragnarok were were pretty good, you know, options for getting more physical activity into a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was good entertainment. I liked the fishing. There was a fishing game on there. Mm -hmm. I played that sometimes too much, Hmm? which is very unusual for me. I'm, I'm curious how you define too much. 
Um, too much is d- depends on how many times I've said I probably should stop now. Uh-huh. Like, you might even be physically getting uncomfortable. I understand. You now. know you have other things to do. I got it. Okay. Some of them are parenting and could be really sideways if you don't get to them. Goddamn motherfucking parenting. So yeah, too much is going past the reasonable boundary of the other things I need to manage. Understood. Now, including okay. my own physical well-being. Gotcha. But it was a fun thing to do. Yes. And so recently you did take an interest again. Yes. I thought, well, maybe this is something I'll be interested in and I'll have some time to myself. So I might yeah. as well check this out. Especially right now, I don't have a lot of uh, physical capacity yet. Mm-hmm. Normally I would go in the garage and do a thing or go do a project. And by physical capacity, you mean for physical activities, not for sex or porn or jacking off. Fortunately, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And so you asked me to show you what I had gotten up to. And so while you were actually out at a class, Mm -hmm. I ended up, you know, going back and looking up what are thing, what things are available. And I had kind of gotten some information to you during the day while you had been a hyperbarics. And then that night while you were at a class, I looked up more and got everything set up. Yes, my my new special interest was about the ethics of psychedelics. There you go. Yes. I find that very interesting. I, I find it very interesting too. We we will be in, we will be in LA when the next class happens. So I'm going to try to convince my friend that went last night to go to that class. But I don't know if she will. Yeah. That's okay. I'm going to look up the other things that that particular group has. But go ahead. We're, we're not talking about psychedelics right now. We are not. You are correct. But we did get our uh, pronoun ribbons in for galley. So that's good. Mm-hmm. So last night I did pull up a few things for you and then show you I was able to sync it to my phone so that I could watch what you were doing and walk you through how to find it, how to get to the browser, and how to load the VR experiences on the sites that host the videos. Mm -hmm. And you looked up a few. Mm -hmm. And what was your thought? I wasn't uh, taken by it. I would explore it some more. And I would have to real, you know, before you leave town, I'd have to go over how I access it again, Mm -hmm. just to make sure that I've got that down. Um, I would check it out a little bit more. Typically, if I look at porn, I like something that has something very queer friendly and um, that I I definitely need to know that I can see all those people are really into what they're doing. You know, you can, like you mentioned last night, you can see in body tensions and other mm-hmm. other micro um, expressions, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody's really into it or right. whatever. And that type of thing, I pick up on it and it bothers me. And then I, I've, I'm sure I've mentioned before, I, if I can't just see like some other type of queers, uh, in porn, then I'll watch gay porn, but I don't actually sit there and watch it. I like pull up the photos and look at all of them and maybe click on some of them or, um, look at a little bit of it and then forward it and see what else they're doing and see what else they're doing. And I, I get kind of done with it pretty fast. Right. You I don't, don't get you stuck don't have there. the patience to watch a whole video or the, the sustained interest, the sustained focus on on the visual input. I don't. And um, I know that there's uh, other things to do. And if I'm looking at it to get ready to get off or something like that, which, you know, typically is the idea, or if I'm just looking at it like when I was really sick, if I would look at it in surgery recovery, it would be the only opportunity I would have because I, at that point, couldn't get off myself. Right. Um, but I still just would just sit there and watch it. It just... 
I've never been, I'm not that patient. You are not. Nope. And I also like have always preferred gay porn or queer porn. I have a crash pad subscription. Mm -hmm. And for a really long while, I was really into when you and I were first together, I was into like dudes taking phone videos of their hookups Mm -hmm. in like public restrooms and stuff. Yeah, because you and I had a conversation about uh, porn at that time and to, you know, to show each other what we were looking at when we did. And I remember you showing me those kinds of things. Yeah, because you know that those people, like if they're there for just like a bathroom hookup, they're just there to have a good time and be done with it. And that was what I was interested in was like, okay, show me the good time. Don't show me, you know, like all of the, some of the crash pad videos that have like negotiations and things like that are really good. I like those. Mm-hmm. But like the ones where it's all super scripted and super fakey. Mm-hmm. I'm just not into that. Like, mm-hmm. we're both here for the same thing. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. That's hot. Right. So either way, looking at those videos, now you said you might look at some more again while I'm gone. I'm curious, like the trans femme friend I had, they mm-hmm. were looking at like videos of people with dicks, mm-hmm. like looking at the videos from the POV of someone with equipment they had intentionally had removed. Mm-hmm. Do you think you might look at video from a female POV, look at the situation where like, oh, this is the body that I have moved away from? I don't think I'd be interested in looking at it from a female POV if I could find a FTM POV of somebody who hadn't done lower surgery, mm-hmm. I would check that out mm-hmm. and see if I, because of what your friend mentioned, I'd be interested to see, is that interesting to me? And one of the ones you and I came across last night was- um, Was a trans man tra- getting a blowjob. Tra- yeah. So, but I think all I said to you is, boy, he's really skinny. <laughs> <laughs> and his, and his, dick, his dick is bigger than mine. It is. Which, you know- That's whatever. not hard, but still. No, it's not hard to do that. Uh, well, it actually was hard, but anyway. Yeah. It didn't get you hard. No, it didn't. I just thought, well, this is very curious how they filmed this. That's what I thought. Yes. And as a performer, that's often like what I have a hard time with. Like you said, you sort of skip and skip and skip and skip. Sometimes I will do, in fact, a lot of the time I will do that, but I will be looking for the scene that grabs me and holds me. Mm -hmm. And if I don't find a scene that grabs me and holds me, then I will click onto a different video. If I find a scene that grabs me and holds me, then I will sit there and watch it. That's one of the things I liked about your subscription is I could go to the photos and look at all of them and see if there was going to be something that might grab me. Because you do use my Crashpad subscription. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they have really good photos. They do. They're not always in the right order. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that, yeah. but that's okay. They're still really good. Yeah. If if you have money to throw at your adult entertainment, I strongly, strongly recommend. I, I'm sure there's other similar things or... Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. But anyhow, so yeah, we did that. So I would be interested in trying to find... Um, I'd try some other ones just to check them out. You said there's other... You know, yes. Obviously... The internet is made for porn, as you said. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of other options to check there it are. out. There um, are. Yeah. So I had to find the fast forward thing last night in order, to, <laughs> in order to get through it. Yes. And being able to find the fast forward button in an immersive VR experience was kind of a challenge. It was, <laughs> it was kind of funny. Yeah. But that also makes me think of, you know, just how you've been adapting to your new anatomy now that it's close to finished and functioning quite enjoyably. So when I decided to embark on this endeavor Mm -hmm. of lower surgery, the 
the first part I had to convince myself of was there'll be a lot of pain and I will get through it. Mm -hmm. And once I decided to just, you know, push that out to the periphery of my vision and leave it there because I knew it was a thing, but I wasn't going to let it bother me. Um, I also knew that the results, the, the possibilities of results were limited with the type of surgery I was having. With the metoidioplasty that you were having, there was not going to be any real additive um, effects. It mm. was just going to take what you had and rearrange it. Yes. There's a little bit of gain from the release of ligaments and, as you said, rearranging. Mm-hmm. So I knew I knew there were, you know, limited possibilities and results, but I also knew that getting a phalloplasty was way more than I was willing to take on at this stage in my life or maybe ever, you know, I I might have considered it if I was 20 or 30, but n- not now. Right. It, it's it's so much surgery. It's it's so extensive. It, it's so many years of surgery that um I wasn't I wasn't uh I wasn't ready for anything like that. But what what surgery would allow me to do is have things rearranged the way that I knew they should be. And yes, I might have the smallest wee willy in the world, but I didn't care because it would still be mine. And it, you know, the changes would be what I wanted as far as not being in that place where I always think, oh, I wish I would have. Mm-hmm. I wish I could. Yeah. You know, once I figured out, oh, you know what? Actually, you could. And, and I talked to, you know, you and some other people and we all decided that the, the sepsis I had in 2018 with my colon was a whole different situation than in embarking on a surgery like this. The surgery that you had in 2017, 2018 with sepsis and then having your colon surgery to prevent another another quite so terrible bout of diverticulitis mm-hmm. was very invasive. And this is primarily surface level surgery with the exception of the vaginectomy. Mm-hmm. It's all external. Mm-hmm. And so I can see how the assumption would be that that would make it an easier or less complicated Right. I'm not process. starting with an infection and trying to solve a problem. Right. I'm embarking as a healthy person on a surgery that is mostly external. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so off I go. Right. And of course, we have, we have talked on here about the various complications that did happen. Mm-hmm. And, and complications are unfortunately very typical for trans surgeries. Yes. Especially for lower surgeries. Yes. Um, so, you know, uh, I also knew along the way that I wouldn't know what the results were going to be until we got to here or a little after. Mm-hmm. And I, di- I did think right about here would be some months ago, but that's <laughs> me and my optimism about these types of things. I, and I, there's nothing wrong with optimism. As I ended up in some complications, I became less optimistic. And then, you know, as those were able to get resolved, I became more optimistic. But I still knew until I had the, the first part of the surgery, mm-hmm. which was in March, was the vaginectomy, the scrotoplasty, and the um, urethral lengthening. Urethral lengthening with the release. Yes. So that was a lot of surgery. And I, I got through it pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think the complications could have been resolved sooner if I had been closer to where the surgeon was and could have been seen sooner. Yeah. But without, you know, the doctor actually looking at you, it's harder to get things happening and, and right. uh, mobility was a restriction in getting me there. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Do you remember 
when so I was supposed to have this this recent surgery. I was supposed to have it uh, at the end of October. Yes. And do you remember me saying I was nervous about it? Like they had sent me some videos and some information. Yes, they had sent some abdominoplasty information because with the Mons lift, it's very similar to a tummy tuck. And so they sent you basically the tummy tuck videos. Yes. And they were a little too graphic and you got wound around it. I did. I was very nervous about the surgery. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, tried to calm myself down. And then in the meantime, I got shingles. So I had that distraction. And after the shingles, I had the cold the boy gave me. And then it was time for surgery. Mm-hmm. So I, I had the bonds lift mm-hmm. at the end of November instead. Yep. And I knew that I was going to be swollen. The doctor had said, you will be swollen. You will be very, 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 very swollen. You will. And she, like more she was, so than the original surgery. Even. Yes. She said that's why she doesn't do them together. They used to do that stuff together. She doesn't do that anymore. And that's why. And even with the hyperbarics, I was very surprised at how swollen I could be. Yeah. So I knew coming out of the, you know, surgery that the results I was seeing right then with the swelling were nothing like what I was going to have when everything settled back down. But nonetheless, you are You had not- a big dick for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I did. And and you're nosy, so I sent you a picture. You did. And you sent me a couple pictures. And so I could kind of tell the difference between like the first day when you first came out of surgery and the next day when all the swelling had started, because it usually takes you a day or two to really get all of your swelling to be swollen. I was swollen, but I wasn't as swollen as I was about to get. You were not. Yeah. I was swollen enough to need to not have anything touch me. Yeah. Which was a problem. It was a problem, especially since like typically with those types of surgeries, they would want you in a compression garment to keep the swelling down, but you were not about to wear compression underpants. No, they did give me a compression garment, but it just went across. It was a belt. Yeah, it was a belt. So that would go across the incision of the, where the, you know, where the mons lift, the abdominal incision where everything was pulled up. Right. Um, so I'm just thinking, haha, here's a dick picture. And, you know, I and knew, I did I find knew, it amusing. I knew it wasn't going to look like that. Right. But apparently you didn't. I didn't. But before we get into my thoughts, it has, you know, the swelling has passed. And now you have results that are pretty close to what your final results are going to be. You have uh, a small repair that's needed to your urethra to help with some spraying and, you know, being able to stand to pee. Mm-hmm. But hopefully that's just going to be a small revision that's not like changing the whole configuration again. It's it's not it's not changing much at all, but I do have to have a catheter for 3 days. Okay. Cuz I did inquire about it. Mm-hmm. Right away before I knew that I was about to have an ordeal. I think even before the surgery I said, "Hey, can we set up the next surgery and can you tell me is it going to involve a hospital stay, a catheter, uh, drains, what? Mm-hmm. And the MA said, uh, you'll need to be in the area for about a week. You'll have a catheter for three days. We can send you to hyperbarics because that seems to work well for you. Yes. So, um, so how are you feeling about your results now that they are pretty close to your final results? Um. Well, I was waiting for it to all settle down. And then in the meantime, I ended up in the hospital. So mm-hmm. when I came out of the surgery and went through the tre- hyperbaric treatment in the Bay Area, I had a really great looking abdominoplasty. Mm-hmm. I had the one best one the hyperbarics APRN had ever seen. Right. It looked great. Mm-hmm. 
And then coming home and getting sick and the sepsis, uh, I have a lot of lines of lumps of skin that I wasn't having before because I could not massage the scar tissue like I might have. So it that part of between my stomach and everything below that, you know, all the skin there. The horizontal abdominal incision that runs basically from one, the front of your hip bone on one side to the front of your hip bone on the other side. Um, looks kind of like a mess, which is too bad because it did look pretty good, but it doesn't. And that may change once I'm able to work on the scar tissue a little. Your chest did too. Yeah. So there's there's plenty of time for that. Yeah. Nothing else is going to happen there. I can tell you that. Right. It will either look however it looks and or it will get better from time and possible application of whatever help to the scar tissue. Right. But nothing else will happen because I am never going through any of this again because of ending up in the hospital. Right. So I was starting to feel like things were pretty good before I went in the hospital. I I thought, well, you know, things are shrinking down and I do expect that. And I do wish some of the um, scrotoplasty was, I wish it was all below my phallus. Some of it's a little higher up on the side than I'd like. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I will do nothing about that. Right. But otherwise, I was feeling like, oh, I did it. And this is a result. And I was feeling pretty good. Yeah. And then I found out that maybe you weren't feeling so good about that. Yeah. And this had started back in the fall before the October surgery was supposed to happen when your first two rounds, your vaginectomy and then the vaginectomy repair had finally healed up enough that I could actually start interacting with your nethers. Mm-hmm. And I had been like all excited to be like, yes, let me play with your new dick. Right. Because I like getting you off. Mm -hmm. I was all excited about it. And I had totally forgotten that when you had first embarked on medical transition a decade ago, I had said, you know, I I had had the self-awareness that I'm really glad that you're having top surgery because you never let me touch your chest. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I would be able to handle you having lower surgery. Right. And we both forgot about that. We both forgot about it. When I said, hey, I think I'd like to have lower surgery. You were good with that. I was. I was. And then like, I was all excited. Like, All these hey, years later. yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Let me get on that. Yeah. And, you know, we had had some interactions with the dental dam and some, inter- you know, making sure that I'm not contaminating your microbiome or anything like that. But once I actually got hands on, mouth on, as it were, I was not too keen on the experience and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so we were trying different things and I was trying to get, get engaged with it different ways. And eventually it got to a point where I was like, I really need to just figure out what to do about this. Right. And, and in the meantime, while you were figuring it out, then I was going to surgery again. You were. Well, before you went to surgery again, I had gotten from, oh my gosh, like there was almost gag reflex. Like it was just like, I do not like this. Right. But I didn't know that. And I had to work really hard to engage with brain sex more than body sex. Mm -hmm. And that did work for me. Mm -hmm. That got me from, you know, reactions verging on disgust to reactions that were physically neutral so that I could engage with the interactions, the social and cognitive parts of sex, and very much enjoy it. Right. And then you went for surgery and it all got big. Yeah. And it freaked me the fuck out. Right. 
Which I also didn't know. No, because I mean, what am I going to do? Say, oh, this is a thing that you feel you need for your own mental and emotional well-being. This is something that you need to feel aligned with yourself and your values and your identity. And and I don't like it. Like, what kind of asshole would that make me? Well, and I I didn't realize that, like I said, you didn't know that it wasn't going to look like that. I for sure knew it wasn't going to look like that. I was like, that thing is 10 times the size it's going to be. The the diameter was close to five times what it currently is. Mm-hmm. It was thick, like way too thick. Right. And way too long. And it looked downright penile. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have not dealt with one of those in years. And I didn't want to start now. And what the fuck is going on? And like, I'm getting wrapped all around this in my head. And because I don't want to hurt you like that to say like, I don't like your new dick that you put all this effort and energy into. Right. I'm just dealing with this on my own and talking to like two other friends who I knew would understand and who I knew liked you and respected you enough to understand, you know, where I was coming from. Right. And and you'd say things to me like, does it look like you wanted it to? And I said things like, I don't think we know what it's going to look like. Won't look like this. Right. I know that, but you didn't know what parameters of now and then would be, I I had a pretty clear idea in my head that we were going to be significantly different because I could feel how much swelling I had. Right. And this is something that we've, you know, as we've been learning to have more clear communication between my autism diagnosis and some other therapy that we've been doing, this is something that we've had to both learn is that, you know, neurotypical people will define things by what they're not. And for me, that gives me absolutely no information. Mm-hmm. And so when you're saying this is not what it's going to look like, I'm like, well, then what the fuck is it going to look like? <laughs> I right. don't know. But you were too freaked out to ask me. I that. was. Yeah. As I would have said, oh, it would be way smaller. And so, like, it again, it is too huge right now. It was too huge. Yeah. And so, you know, for a while there, when you had first come home from that last surgery, you were having me massage the the area of the abdominal incision to mm-hmm. um, to dissipate the swelling, to get the lymphatic movement and blood flow through there so that it could nourish the healing skin, mm-hmm. which again, you know, we ended up finding out that that also meant that it was pushing the it, infection it would, into your bloodstream. The but infection would have gotten to my bloodstream regardless. I was interacting with it on a daily basis mm-hmm. and a couple times had to subjugate my gag reflex and I felt right. terrible. Well, and I had no clue, even though one of the times you said you were trying to deal with a gag reflex, and I just thought about surgery and surgery grossness. I mm-hmm. didn't think about my dick because you had said you were excited about my dick before, and so mm-hmm. there we go. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about that at all. Right. It wasn't something on my mind. Right. Yeah. And so, as I was dealing with all that, I was talking to two different friends of mine, mm-hmm. a cis gay male and your metamore. And both of these people like and respect you. Mm-hmm. They both consider you chosen family because I am their chosen family. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that they would understand. And I had sent an email to one of those people, mm-hmm. or so I thought, mm-hmm. including a journal entry that I had written about how I was processing my feelings and trying to get back to something like positive. Right. But the email came to me. God damn it. And I was really confused, you know. I oh, I saw there was an email. I saw there was a journal entry. You've sent journal entries before. I do sometimes you, send you yeah. journal entries, yes. I opened it and I was like, oh, 
My spouse is disgusted by my dick. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I guess that's a problem. And did they mean to send this to me? I don't think they did, but they did send it. So, hmm. So I had to ask you that night. Hey, I think we were having our couples meeting or something. Yes, we were having and, our radar meeting. So, yeah. So I said to you, Hey, should we discuss this email that you sent me? And you're like, What email? And I was like, the, I'm sure the topic would be noticeable if you meant to send it. So when I showed you- that And you, you had, had replied e and said, yes, let's talk about this. And I, I hadn't like- You hadn't e seen that yet. Yes. And emails on iDevices, phones, iPads, etc., have been slow to load lately. Like they don't just come through when they come through. Like sometimes I have mm -hmm. to like do the swipe down and wait for it to pull thing and- so I didn't even know that you had emailed me back until you're telling me and I like swipe and wait for it to show up. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> right. Because you weren't done processing that. I was and not. And you had not intended to bring it to me at that point. I had not. No. No. Because like I said, at that point, this was after you had had that most recent surgery. Mm -hmm. And I had, after your prior surgery, gotten from a negative response to a neutral response. And I was on my way to a positive response. Mm -hmm. But then seeing that giant thing kicked me back to negative, And I was right. like, okay, I need to start this process again. I'll get there. But my God, I don't like this right now. And I didn't want to bring that to you until I had a better framing for it, a better, more respectful way of interacting with it. Right. And it makes sense to me. But because it was a journal entry, it was pretty raw. It was. About your feelings. And I was like, it was. whoa, uh-oh. You know, and I thought that's, you know, that's something we'll have to talk about. And mm -hmm. because it had come to me. So, yeah. And, and you felt really bad about the accidental email. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, wow, I just had no idea. And then it clicked in my head what you had said when you were doing the massage for the uh, surgery incision area, uh, when you had said something about the gag reflex. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, oh. Well, I think we're both surprised here. Yes. Um, and we'll figure something out. We will. Like, and know, we have. Shoulder shrug. Right? Yeah. And I I felt absolutely terrible. And you, you kept reassuring me that like you didn't- I didn't hold it against you. No. I, I didn't find it to be unusual that what you thought was going to happen and what happened were two different things. Mm-hmm. Because I'm familiar with that. What? Yeah. We'll talk about that another time. Yeah. <laughs> But that kind of thing can happen. Like, you know, I know, like I said, when I first saw how, how swollen it was, I was like, it, it is not going to look like that. That's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It, it, it really was, fucking was. It was ridiculous. It was really ridiculous. Yeah, it was so much like I, I bought a cup to wear around it so I wouldn't bump into anything. An athletic cup. Yes. Yeah. yeah oh my that God. That I wore inside the stretchy surgery, surgery pants. Um, so I... I think you felt w way worse than I did, but I also felt a little bit shyer about my dick with you. You did feel the need to take some time to process it and not share your body with me until you were done processing. Yeah. And that was understandable also. Yeah. But then, you know, over time, you did have that processing time and we have had the interactions where I did explain to you, you know, the first time around, I was able to interact with the rest of your body and with your brain and with the emotional component of our sexual interactions and right. let that carry me through mm -hmm. becoming more acclimated to this thing that was not originally my preference. Right. Yeah, I was a little bit 
for a minute, I was sad that, that I had done the surgery because you were comfortable with the way I was before. And that was, you know, something we had adapted to. And then I also thought, but I didn't want it that way. So no, you didn't. Although what happened as you were preparing for surgery and going through the first stages of surgery was that as your body became more like what you expected it to be, or even before you got to surgery and you were anticipating your body becoming what you wanted it to be, you became more comfortable with things that you had never wanted to do in bed before. Yes. I thought, well, last chance, better find out if it's, you know. You had all, both of us came into this relationship 14 years ago as service tops in the queer vanilla sense of the word. Mm -hmm. And I learned to top from the bottom so that I could get you off. Mm -hmm. I learned how to get you off from underneath. Mm -hmm. And you were never going to bottom until last year. Mm -hmm. So you had bottom surgery so you could learn how to bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and in preparation, I did some bottoming. You did? Yeah. Um, you did, and you still do even with just the one hole. Yeah. I am way more comfortable with my body. I'm not uncomfortable with just walking around naked, mm -hmm. um, even though I know things don't look exactly like they would if the dick patrol came around. Right. And that's the thing that I was going to jump into next mm -hmm. is, you know, it does still look, you know, like you said, your your scrotum is made of what used to be labia. And they are still attached pretty high on the sides. Mm -hmm. And so both you and our lawyer friend have expressed that it looks uncomfortably like your prior arrangement. Mm -hmm. And so did you have any more thoughts on that or anything to share about that? Well, um, I am going to adapt to what I have because if I had not just had a infection that put me in the hospital with sepsis, um, I probably would have been tempted to have another go at that scrotal tissue mm -hmm. and, and get it below my, all of it below my phallus. Mm -hmm. Knowing that I was nervous about the surgery, that I remember asking the surgeon, do I need antibiotics? She said, not for this type of surgery. And then I fucking end up in the hospital later. Mm -hmm. not, not her fault. My body no. was not doing its thing. No. It was not doing what everybody else's body did in this, in this particular surgery. Right. But I think I was picking up on the the uh-oh of you know what was happening with my body because mm -hmm. I knew I knew by that Friday before I went to the hospital that I was getting an infection right and I went and got looked at you know but um so I I can't I would never be able to take that kind of risk again right not on purpose you know right other but things can happen in life and and you know there's no guarantee I will never get sepsis from whatever um in the meantime it did move itself to the top of my ways not to die List. So, which used to be topped by burning and drowning, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yes, being burned alive or drowned. Yeah, not sure in which order. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure what to think of the fact that you already had a list. <laughs> yeah, apparently some other people I know have a list, and none of those are on theirs. Huh? Types of torture and stuff like that are on theirs. So at this point, it doesn't look exactly like I wanted it to. However, it functions really well. Like the, the Mons lift did what it was supposed to, pulling my phallus up to where it needs to be, that once I have the urethra fixed, I will be able to stand to pee. Mm -hmm. And that's really fun. Good. I like that it can do that. That's great. Also, it's a lot of fun to play with. It is. And I never get like, 
uh, before dysphoria would out. kick you in the me- yeah. in the middle of play. Yeah. And it doesn't anymore. No, n- never shows up at all. Which is totally great. I love that. Yeah. So I think it's as successful as it could be. Well, that's you know? good. I'm glad. Yeah. Yay. Yep. So I don't see the point in asking what's gendery about all this. <laughs> no, but, there's no point there. <laughs> um. Although you did tell me the other day that since you've gotten more comfortable bottoming with me, you do tend to perceive me in a more masculine role as well. I do. And another thing that I had mentioned to you is I was never a very visual thinker, which people apparently often are when mm-hmm. it comes to thoughts about sex and mm-hmm. you know getting turned on. But I wasn't. And I think it was a dysphoria. Okay. Uh, I would just kind of push that away and right. try to focus on certain sensations and mm-hmm. stay there. Um, but I can't and think about that a little bit more comfortably now. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. And and picture things. Yes. Yes. And one of the things you picture is me topping you as a more masculine version of myself. Yes, because I, I know that you have this interest in being a more gendery version of yourself I, externally. I, yes, I, I very much would eventually when my career is more settled and I know that I've got a good stable place to transition at career-wise. Mm-hmm that I would like to add more masculine secondary sex characteristics. I would like to go on T. Right. But maintain some of my feminine sex characteristics as well, because I'm yeah. very envy. Right. But we'll get there when we get there. And it's interesting to me that now you are more visual, that now you are more interested. I've always been a voyeur. I've always been visually stimulated. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's fun to me to know that now I can share some more of that with you that you can tell me about the things you fantasize about. And it's not just sensations or thoughts, it's interactions and images. Yes. I like that. I'm glad. It's fun. It is fun. Yeah. Yay, sex. Yep. So is there anything else for now? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I think we got it. So I think that's it. Yep. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Licking is not allowed, dog. No, I see. How are you doing? Doing okay. Hi. Hi. You're looking up with something. A clip on your head. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's keeping the hair separate. Okay. I'm good? I think so. Are we ready? Sure. Bob, are you ready? It's quiet. That's the this important is, part. Should be, I shouldn't be at the microphone, so. Right. <laughs> you never sit close enough to really make it a big deal anymore. Oh, okay. I might want to sit closer, but you'd have to move. I think you'd have to move that back a little, because otherwise I'm right here, see? The problem. (laughs) There we go. Okay. Are you comfortable there? 
I am comfortable there. Okay. Well, most of me is. All right. I think I need a tissue, though, because you know, as we have to do all these things before we can actually yep. get to the recording. This, this is <clears throat> this is the majority of our bloopers every week. So yes, not a problem. Yeah, I don't want that to hit him in the head. If he actually goes to sleep, we want him sleeping. All right. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And all the life that happens around it. Yay, remembering. Meh. Like porn. <laughs> <laughs>